Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. And welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. You might know us as the co-founders of Of A Kind, the co-authors of Work Wife, or just two women who feel so strongly about their relationship that they own the domain ClaireNorka.com. Related, head there to sign up for our newsletter. Because it's back, or it's coming back, or it's, it's coming back. back. Yeah. yeah, don't, if you signed up, you're going to get it. If so you don't, sign up, you're yeah, going to get it. Yeah. Don't, don't fret. Sign up at ClaireAndErica.com and leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463. And if you love us, leave us a review. We'd, We've gotten some really yeah, good. We read, read some. We read yeah. reviews out loud yesterday at a coffee shop. I'm sure people were thrilled to hear it. I'm sure. <laughs> they were so nice and I love them. And please keep on doing it because it's the best way to help other people find out about our show and make sure that we keep on doing this. Yeah. So I hear that Ash has a new diet. Yeah. So Ash the Would bunny, you call it a diet or would you just call it like a lifestyle? I would call it a lifestyle. Okay. Um, so Ash the bunny, um, she's five years old. Um, she's wonderful, uh, exuberant, enthusiastic, excited about what she's excited about, yeah. not excited about the rest. Yeah. Um, no, she knows herself really well. Yeah. She's uh, very self-aware. So she was having some digestive issues mm-hmm. recently. We tried a lot of things. There was like a diet strictly of hay. There was like a lot of monitoring. I was getting made fun of a lot for like as much the monitoring I was doing. You and, were monitoring her poop basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do the same with Kim. It's exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And it got to a point where I was, it was like kind of right before Christmas. And I was like, I don't want to be thinking about this over Christmas or just like worrying about yeah. how she is. We're taking her to the vet. And this is like a thing for us because her vet is an hour away. And we've talked about her the vet before. The listeners know about catnip, yeah, catnip and carrots. Catnip right. and carrots. Catnip and, right. Mm-hmm. It's single, <laughs> Cat- a single catnip and a lot of carrots. <laughs> catnip and carrots. Yeah. yeah. Um, famed. Famed. One of my favorite service providers mm-hmm. um, on, <laughs> on God's Green Earth. Yeah. Um, so we took her to Catnip and Carrots. Mm-hmm. And her wonderful vet was like, listen what are you feeding? Like what, what like pellets or like what rabbit food is she getting? Mm-hmm. And I was like, whatever you sell out there. I don't, I do what you tell me. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell, tell you what. Yeah. And they, she was like, okay, you're going to think this is like a little wacky, mm-hmm. but I think you should try a like grain-free, gluten-free rabbit food. Wow. And I was like, I mean, I'm obviously open to this. Um, and she was like, basically, there, we've been seeing more and more like rabbits come in with like sort of issues that we can't really resolve. <laughs> I and just love this rabbit expert. This rabbit we've expert. We've been seeing more and more. We've been seeing this in the community. Well, because she sees yeah. a lot of rabbits. Yeah. She sees rabbits and cats, you yeah. know? 
Um, and so these rabbits have these digestive issues. And she's like, basically, like, oftentimes just changing the food to something grain free mm-hmm. slash gluten free makes all the difference. So she's not even just gluten free now. She's grain free completely. She's completely grain free. Well, was, was, was wheat the only grain she was ever consuming before? Um, I don't know. I okay. didn't like look deep into the ingredients yeah. of her old food. But basically, the vet said that over he- over the years, more and more just like, you know, it's like the way that, it, that mm-hmm. we all like more and more cheap yeah. shit gets added to our processed mm-hmm. food. Yep. And that then the, this rabbit has developed an intolerance. <laughs> a gluten intolerance. <laughs> a gluten intolerance. Just like her mommy. Yeah, just like yeah. me. So um, Thomas left and was just like, oh my God, like I can't <laughs> believe like we now have a gluten-free rabbit. Like, and she's not 100%. <laughs> so he's the only gluten eater in your household Only now. one. Um, wow. Only one. Yeah. Poor Thomas. Yeah. Um, so she she's not 100% better, but she's much improved um, and she really likes her new food too. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Resp- responds quite well Are to you going to try offering her some of your gluten-free bread? No. She doesn't eat bread. <laughs> she eats these dry, disgusting-looking pellets. She is but not- I thought it might be like dogs where they have like dog food, but then you can feed them human food Oh, too. I mean, she can eat like vegetables, but she hasn't been pushed back to those yet because okay. she's not healthy enough to okay. be eating parsley for dinner, uh, much to her dis- dismay. Poor Ash. I know. Mm, I'm glad she's found a solution. Um, Me too. I'm, re- I'm thrilled for her. Right? So speaking of parenting, yes, we're going to talk about you being a parent, yeah, even as well. My baby's not gluten free. No, not yet, not yet. He does. He maybe when he's what Ash in, in rabbit years, she's probably like twenty five, wow. thirty. No, she's probably like thirty five. Yeah, thirty five, forty. So maybe in middle age, your your child will also be. Yeah, he recently discovered bread and seems pretty into it. He does seem pretty into it. He recently yeah. discovered mackerel, like tinned mackerel, oh, yeah. and is really Loves into tinned it. Fish. Oh, Loves seafood in general. It's great. Which I did not eat when I was pregnant. Yeah, but interesting. He, so he came to it on his own. He was just like not into it. It wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't speaking to you. No, it wasn't pasta. So I yeah. was not. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a club cracker. So right. what use did you have for it? Um, yeah, so he just turned one on December 23rd. Oh my gosh. I can't yeah. believe it. I know. He Happened. looks like a little person. Uh, he's he's always looked kind of like an adult man, but yeah. now he really does because the body well, he, is, he can walk. He now. can walk. It's yeah. crazy. Being yeah. able to hold yourself mm-hmm. up and your head over your torso makes a big it's difference a in terms of being looking like a yeah. person. No, he's fully not a baby anymore. It's like crazy. sometimes you don't call him a baby anymore. I probably still call him a baby. But like even this morning when I was reading him a book, I was like, do you even care about this book about like farm animals? Like this is way past, like you're so old now. How do you even like, which obviously he still can't talk. But I was like, this seems too childish for you. You and I uh, read a book with him yesterday Mm -hmm. about babies and dogs. um, And it did not seem, he was very engaged with the content and it did not seem super mature and sophisticated. <laughs> no, it, he's it's not. It's like dogs and babies both eat. Dogs and babies both cuddle. Cuddle. Yeah, it was. Yes. Uh, and he's obsessed he's in, with it. He's still into baby stuff is what I'm saying. He's aged out of nothing. Yeah. He he may be a grown man, but he still breastfeeds. That's right. Um, And reads dogs, uh, reads books about dogs and babies. Um, Okay. So speaking of breastfeeding, do we want to yeah. start with that? Yeah. So, this, so, so we want to talk okay. about, yeah. Yeah. What are we doing here? We're doing, we're doing reflections on motherhood one year in. That's that's by the, Claire like, Mazur. Yes, <laughs> that's my book. That's the title of my thesis. Um, and so, okay, we're going to start by talking about the physical aspects of yes. this. Yeah. Okay. So breastfeeding, I felt very going into this. Like I was like, I will not be uh, bossed around by society's expectations around breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. I will try to do it. If I make it six months, great. And if I don't, then that's great too. Like I like I was I had formula and breast milk. I turned out fine. 
I'll do whatever, whatever works. And I'm also, not going to like beat myself up over this or make this a thing. And I also just went into parenting in general with a massive amount of s- suspicion about everything. Um, and so I was like, I, you know, we'll see how this goes. And I also suspected I would not at all relate to these people who were like, it's such a beautiful thing to breastfeed. It's this incredible bonding and like what? Da, 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 da. And I just didn't want yet another way of like disappointing myself also. So I was like, okay, we'll do this for six months if we can. And if not, you know, whatever. And now he's a year and some change and I'm still doing it. I'm only doing it morning and night now because it turns out I was, I do really like it. I, and I do, I am kind of like, it's an amazing bonding experience. <laughs> um, All that shit that you yeah, yeah. made fun of, huh? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's super cool. What and, do you like about it? Um, it is, it is just a very cool bonding thing. I, it, there's something like in terms of bonding. Do you mean yeah. the closeness? Do you mean like the eye count? Like what? Like what is the bonding? I guess it's for one. There's something I, I don't know how to say it other than there's something like sort of like primal or animalistic about it, where you're like you're fully eating from me, and you just like know how to do this, and my body's yeah. creating this for you, and that's incredible. There's also and we both like learned how to do this within the last year, yes, and we're pretty good at it now. Exactly. And I so I liked that about it. I like I, obviously there's something just really like base and simple about like, you need me, you physically need me. Um, and that is really nice. I liked never having to worry about how to like carry formula around. I never learned how to make a formula bottle. Um, I also knew and experienced pretty early on the way that my hormones would fluctuate with or without breastfeeding. And so one of the reasons I did it for as long as I did was because I wanted to make sure that when I stopped, I was doing it really gradually because I sensed that doing things like dropping a feeding and or stopping altogether would have serious impact emotionally. And it did. Like when I would drop a feeding over like gradually over the course of the months, I would feel anxious often or, or depressed. I remember there was a period yeah. of time it was sort of like there's a lot of stuff going on in our lives in mm-hmm. general. Yeah. And, and you had dropped a feeding recently and we're basically yeah. trying to figure out like how much of the anxiety my feeling is around yes. this and how much is this hormonal reaction to dropping a feeding. Yeah. And it, it like that was that was very real for me. And it's something that's not talked about a lot. Like I we're on a women's list host where so many women will say I got I experienced postpartum when I stopped breastfeeding and but it's somehow it's still I think not a commonly known thing how related breastfeeding and postpartum can be or stopping breastfeeding and postpartum it's not something I understood before you went through it and um, I was really grateful to Megan O'Connell who wrote a piece for New York magazine's the cut specifically about this and about how like stopping breastfeeding or dropping a feeding or whatever can you experience serious depression and I was like thank you people need to be talking about this it's very very real. Um, so that's another reason that I did it for as long as I did, because I was just scared of the emotional impact. And over the course of the year, I've just sort of gradually decreased it. And now I will probably stop altogether pretty soon. I don't think he, like, I don't think either of us are getting nearly as much out of it as we used to. And he's fine without it. If like, if he doesn't get it, he's got mackerel. He's got, he's got tinned fish. Um, Yeah. I, in general, like there were times where it was really hard and awful. I also, here's another thing I want to say about it, actually. I, you know, in order to breastfeed for a year, you have to do a lot of pumping if if you're not with your baby all the time. That is a total pain in the ass. I did it because I could, because I had a work environment and the type of job where I could do it. And so I was like, I guess I will. 
if we had been in a different stage of the company, if, if we were like running around like fundraising, yes. flying all over, like blah, blah, blah. If I hadn't been in office all day, I would not have done it. And I would have ended a lot earlier. It was relatively emphasis on relatively easy for me to maintain a pumping routine at work. And I... As easy as maintaining a pumping routine yeah. c- could could be. Exactly. As, because it's torturous in it's, general. Exactly. So that is a big part of why I did it. And people are like, oh, like, it's so impressive that you did it. Like, no, I did it because I could. And most people, honestly, don't have jobs where it's that easy to fit in pumping. And so I absolutely would not have done it for this long if it hadn't been easier for me. Well, we and we've seen friends who've posted pictures on social media, mm-hmm. like the pic, the like conditions of oh, their God. like pumping room. People or like pumping in a bathroom stall. Uh, yeah, or yeah. like sitting on a bucket in like a supply closet yes. or like whatever, which is just like... So upsetting to think about. So upsetting. So yeah, I that's a huge asterisk. Like I was able to continue to do right. so many and and so yes, I will just close this by saying there are so many reasons to not do it for a year like I did. I just was like, oh, I like this and I can. And it's interesting because when you described it back to me recently and sort of my approach to it, I realized it's the exact same approach I have taken to running and and how I got into running, where I'm like when I started running and had never been a runner before, I was like, I will do this for 10 minutes and that's all. I'm giving myself like a very reasonable expectation. And if I can do more, great. But if not, I, that's, fine. that's fine. And I'm not going to be disappointing myself or like not meeting my own goals. And inevitably, I would always like start doing it for more than 10 minutes. Um, and I think I think that's just like generally my approach to like assignments this is, in life. Well, this yeah. is like a good yeah thing to know about your, <laughs> yeah. how to set yourself up for success. Well, yeah, because yeah. I never want to, yeah, I never sort of want to be disappointing myself, right. you know, and like right. setting a goal that I'm not meeting. So I tend to, uh, yeah, sort of manage my own expectations really aggressively, which was also the case with parenting. I expected it to be a disaster and it's better than that. <laughs> it's beat all my expectations. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much to Biasance for sponsoring today's episode. So Eric and I have both been trying out their squalene and lactic acid resurfacing night serum, and we're both really into it. Also, Erica pointed out, if you Google this stuff, there are so many good reviews. It's very uh, encouraging. So I feel like I'm always questioning what exactly serums do because I just feel like there's so many of them and it's unclear to me what the difference is between them and the other potions I'm supposed to put on my face. But with this stuff, it's so obvious after only like a week or two of consistent use that it's doing stuff. So here's exactly what it does. It's composed of 10% vegan lactic acid, which is a very gentle but powerful alpha hydroxy acid. So that's what you hear referred to as AHAs in the skincare biz. So the lactic acid acid, aka HAA, exfoliates and resurfaces your skin. So you wake up with skin that just looks and feels really smooth. I can I can testify to this. So 10% lactic acid is the maximum percentage that's been proven to give powerful results while also being gentle enough to use nightly. The serum also has clover in it, which boosts the exfoliating effects of the lactic acid by juicing up the cell turnover and then also helps reverse the effects of all the bad stuff our skin deals with all day. So UV rays, blue light, pollution. And then the other powerhouse ingredient at play here is squalene, which locks in moisture and protects against the drying effect of AHAs that some people find hard. So this serum goes on after your eye treatments, but before your moisturizers and oils. I think everybody knows I'm notoriously bad at a nighttime skincare routine because I hate washing my face. But I do know that when I have something like this that really works so well, I'm so much more motivated to actually just do the whole routine because I'm excited to wake up and know that my skin's going to look better. 
So to test out Biasance squalane and lactic acid resurfacing night serum for yourself, go to biasance.com and use code ATHINGER220 for 20% off any full-size purchase. That's biasance.com, B-I-O-S-S-A-N-C-E.com and use code ATHINGER220 for 20% off any full-size purchase. So something else you've talked about on this podcast before Mm -hmm. and that I know has been a really undesirable physical outcome (sighs) of this is peeing yourself. It's still happening. Still happening. It's improved. Yeah. Um, And it's, yeah, so I have been dealing with postpartum incontinence specifically around um, running, although it happens sometimes when I'm not running, but it's part of the reason it's been such a challenge is because I run every day. And so I wear a pad and not just like any pad, but the pad for like old people, basically. Yeah. Like one like step before. Depends. Yeah. It's yeah. like one step before wearing adult diapers. Yeah. Um, a lot of people who haven't had kids deal with this. And um, I wasn't in great shape with regards to it before I got pregnant, but it got really bad when I got pregnant. It has improved dramatically. And that is due to two people to whom I am very grateful. Michelle McGurk at Danu Physical Therapy in Gowanus in Brooklyn and Rachel Welch, um, who has a program called Revolution Motherhood. Um, importantly, even if you don't live in New York, you can use Revolution Motherhood because they have on-demand videos. But if you do live in New York, she has classes that you can take that are sort of a mix of like yoga and Pilates and mat stuff um, to just sort of help you get yourself back. And it's like pelvic floor strengthening. It's a lot of pelvic floor strengthening and core stuff. And um, it's interesting because when you have pelvic floor issues, a lot of people are like, you can't exercise. Like you can't do ab work. It'll, it'll make it worse. And you can imagine how well I responded to that. Um, and one of the things I love about Rachel, she's like, no, you can exercise and you can improve it through exercise. And like, you can get your body back. And, 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 you know, her point too, is like, it's crazy to tell new moms not to exercise when they need it for emotional uh, benefit more, more than anything. Well, and And to feel like at one with their bodies too, and to feel like they have some sense of control and ownership of that when there's so much that they don't at that time. Exactly. Um, so really, really grateful for both the the physical therapy and this workout routine, which I highly recommend looking into either the in-person classes or the on-demand, but yeah, still happening. Such a pain, (laughs) such a pain. And how did you find the the physical therapist mm. and uh, Rachel. I found Rachel through former podcast guest Gina Hamity. Yeah, it's like total word of mouth and situation, and I couldn't believe I hadn't heard of her otherwise. Yeah. And yeah. and Rachel is actually the one who told me about the physical therapist. Okay. Um, yeah. and she was like, "This is the good one." And that's another like pelvic floor physical therapy in general is a very not. It's not a new practice. It's just it hadn't been a common thing. It's starting to become a lot more common yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, And so, like, you, no one knows the difference or no one's, like, telling you the difference between an occupational therapist and a physical therapist. And, like, and I really need what a is physical the therapist. A physical therapist is a lot more hands-on. Okay. Or an occupational therapist is a lot more, like, giving you exercises and stuff. So they're telling stuff. you, like, do yeah, this. Yes. And a physical therapist is, like, touching you and moving exactly. you and positioning and, you. And okay. actually, like, yes, changing, like, I see. manually changing things in your body. I see. Um, and doing, like, massage work and stuff yeah. to that okay. end. Um, so, yeah, that, that's been a really unpleasant side effect or consequence of having a baby that I talk about a lot because I just wish people knew. I wish it were discussed more because if it were discussed more, there'd be more solutions for it and more people finding solutions. Of course. Um, And yeah, it's like why your mom would never jump on the trampoline. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like 30 years or 15 years after having a baby. Exactly. um, Because people just accepted this was like part of life. (laughs) 
so insane. Um, I'm really curious to see how your like clothes and shopping changes post breastfeeding because then there's <sighs> going to be a whole other like not to yeah, like no. plant a seed, but I mean, listen, I in general, I also like the clothing market for for breastfeeding mothers is abysmal. That like product, there are so many products for pregnant women. Um, it's still not enough, but there are, there are not nearly enough products for the postpartum phase. Um, there's there aren't really great breastfeeding or just like postpartum clothes. There are now starting to be some sort of like tools and things that are more interesting for postpartum. So there's this company, Nissa, N-Y-S-S-A, that came out with what they call fourth wear, which is underwear for the fourth trimester, yeah, basically, yeah. where you can put, it has room for ice packs and all of these things you have to deal with in the weeks after um, giving birth that is a great present for new moms in your life because the mesh underwear that you get at the hospital is as lovely and as appealing as it is. There are better things. There, there are better there are solutions, even better out solutions out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that I'm hoping for the next generation of mothers gets gets improved. Um, can we talk about the sort of emotional like path and, and where you yes. are a year later? Motherhood is so much better than I thought it would be. I, and you thought it was going to be a fiery burning hell. <laughs> I thought... <laughs> I just thought it, that the first year especially would be yeah, awful because yeah. everybody tells you. thought it was going to be something you were going to have to suffer through. Yeah. And I'm at the point where I'm like, and listen, I got really lucky. I think he's a good kid. He hasn't had a lot of health issues. Um, he's he's generally slept well and eaten yes, well. Yes. I've been so fortunate in so many ways and and privileged, so privileged in so many ways that I now look at it and I'm like, no, of course the first year was hard, but I'm actually way more scared for like the toddler years and the like irrational being that is he's going to grow into when he's two and three. So in general, it's beat my, it has beaten my expectations. I still feel like myself and that's really nice and important. I'm so glad I did it. And yet I also think I could have lived a happy life had I not done it. I'm not like, I can't believe I almost didn't do this. I, I want you to say that again, because I feel okay. like there's so many people that like need to hear that it's going to be yeah. okay either way. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I am obsessed with him. I love him. It was a fantastic decision. I could have also lived a happy, fulfilled life, not having had him. And I really believe that. Um, I had a great life before him. It's great in totally different ways now. Yeah. Um, and it's not a worse life in any way now. It's just different and so wonderful. And yeah, I really believe that I would have found other things had I not become a mother. and the one thing that hasn't gone away is that everybody wants to know, like, am I going to have a second? And I really thought once I had a kid, I would stop having to ask the question, answer oh, the question, am I going to have a kid? Uh, they need a follow-up. Yeah, exactly. They need a follow-up question. And the truth is, the answer right now is no. I don't want a second one right now. And then maybe that will change. Um, but right now I'm like, we got this one good one. Let's not like tempt fate. Like this yeah. is... Well, and also this is not a decision that needs to be made today. Right. Like you... Yeah, it's yeah. You don't have to give final answer. Yeah. There's, you know, like final answer right, right now. This is what is happening. It was such. It was just before making the decision to have a kid. It was such a constant thing in my head of like, am I going to do it? Am I not going to do it? And it plagued me. And I thought that once I had a kid, that I that would be over. And it is over. Like I don't think a lot a lot about it. Other people think about it more than I do. <laughs> um, so in general, two thumbs up to having a baby two thumbs up to not having a baby is what I would say. Listen, I'm there. Um, I'm there for it. I think one thing that's really helped me and that I still have to sort of like remember a lot of the time is that all of the things so far, the good things and the bad things have just been phases. So to like embrace the really awesome things that are happening and because they're going to change. They're going to change. And like 
yes, he's a good sleeper, but he's not always a good sleeper. He will go through phases for weeks at a time where he's a terrible sleeper. Um, and during those phases, I have to remember that it's not going to last forever. I don't often remember. Like, I will be up in the middle of the night Googling, like, insane things. I'm ready to pay $400 for an online sleep class. And then <laughs> the next day, he's sleeping again. And, like, you just go to these dark places. But I think that, like, reminding yourself that none of these things stick around for very long, it, like, weeks yeah, at most. Two weeks ago, he couldn't walk, and now he's now running he's around, running. like, yeah. restaurants. Totally. So, like, yes. It just all changes. And and one thing that is a good rem- that helps me remember that is this really boring app called The Wonder Weeks. Um, and it basically— The name is not boring, no. but that, that, that's interesting. <laughs> it's just, it's not actually boring. It's just so much reading for an app. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it's, like, it's basically a book and app form, and it basically— <laughs> describes the developmental leaps that they go through because they're at various weeks old, like 10 weeks old, 35 weeks old, whatever. They're learning different things and skills, whether it's walking or like learning how to like, you know, pick something up. And that totally disrupts their mental process and their developmental um, process because they're like, oh my God, I just learned to um, use my thumb and now I can't sleep because I'm so excited about it. And it has it's also- me up all <laughs> night, this thing. And it has oh also somehow led to like separation anxiety with my parents and like all of these like ways of acting out. And so with Wonder Weeks, you can, it tells you, it's like, this is going to happen and this is how your kid's going to behave and this is how to get through it. And like, it'll probably only last- X number of days or weeks. And that is this good reminder of like, these things are normal, they are phases, and you will be fine. Is it like reading your horoscope and feeling it like is. it, like, ring, where you're like, yes, totally, that is my week. And I've like somehow still not managed to download any horoscope apps, but I've looked at some on other people's phone and they actually look pretty similar. It's like, <laughs> this is way too much reading for an app. Uh, all the horoscope <laughs> apps, it's it's like 14 pages of information yeah. when you need like three sentences, perhaps. Exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh. Um, how about uh, mom friends? Mom friends. Um, when I first got pregnant, there was so much pressure to make mom friends. And, and you were, again, also yeah. like, I will not I will not take pleasure in breastfeeding and I will not make mom friends. <laughs> That's right. I mean, in general, to take a step back, I would say like the theme of this entire episode is that I so desperately did not want my identity to be mother that I like shoot it in every possible way. And I think a year later, I'm no longer embarrassed by the title. <laughs> Well, yeah, totally. And and you, I think, have also learned that it is one title that you yeah. hold. I was just so nervous about it being— Mother title but, holder, yeah. not like <laughs> right. occupation. Exactly. I was just so nervous about people viewing me only as a mother that I was like, I, I can't do I any of the be. things that are expected of me as a mother, including joining a mom group or making mom friends. And so I didn't— I didn't seek it out and I wasn't particularly receptive to people being like, oh, I have a friend who's pregnant at the same time as you, like you guys should be friends or whatever. Um, And then I just sort of naturally found my way to people who had been acquaintances or like, or, you know, not close friends who were pregnant at the same time. And a lot of it was happening in the DMs of Instagram, honestly. And And I feel like it was happening a little bit more like once you had a baby. Yes, for sure. When it was just like, okay, I'm dealing with this thing. Are you dealing with this thing? Or like that kind of, or you see someone's story and respond to me like, this is what helped me. Or like, do you have a this? Exactly. That was a very big part of it. I didn't, I didn't feel like I needed it so much when I was pregnant. And now that he's older, I'm like, I want someone to like stand with me at the swing set and talk to me while I push this kid for so long. And I, Instagram is such a ripe breeding ground for it because like you said, like you see other kids doing stuff. You're like, where do you get that cute jacket for your kid? I have certain 
like mom friends on Instagram who I've never met. Shout out to Collier Meyerson, my like best friend in the world who I've never met. She's my <laughs> Instagram pen pal. I hope you're not catfishing me. Um, <laughs> but like it, there's just this like wonderful relationship that comes out of that. There's also, I will say to get the one thing that I took a lot of um, sort of like comfort in was in the early days was mom's of older kids just being hopping in my DMs and being like, hey, how it like, how are you doing? Is it okay? A lot of people on Instagram when we solicited questioned like what people wanted to hear about, asked about um how it's been for my marriage. And without getting too much into it, because my husband is a more private person than I am, it is hard. Um and I do think it's really normal, especially in the early days, to be, feel very frustrated with your partner. I've said this before on the podcast, but I think it's just nearly impossible for the non-birthing partner to contribute as much as the birthing partner. And that just sets you up for some tension. I, Chris and I took a vacation by ourselves for the first time when Cam was like a year and a week, basically. And it was so incredible. And I cannot endorse it enough. Like the minute we got on the plane, our dynamic shifted to something that I just like hadn't, I had forgotten it could be. And it was like, I I don't think either of us were aware of the ways in which having Cam with us was like shifting our energy or our sort of just disposition. You were acting as parents. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And like, I knew- You were were Cam's parents. You weren't like each other's spouses. And even certain like, you know, I'm so worried all the time. I'm the warrior in our relationship. When Chris is tense, I don't, interpret it as him being tense about Cam. Like, Mm. I just think, oh, he's mad at me or he's upset about work or something. And to see him, like, go through his day without the pressure of taking care of Cam, I was like, oh, I'm understanding the ways that that's that's shifting his personality. Um, And it was just... You realized how much parenting was part of that equation. Yes, exactly. And, And that, like, you know, and maybe we should be talking about that more to just say, like, here's how I feel when it I have to wrangle Cam onto a plane or whatever it is. Well, totally. You just wear your emotions differently. Yeah, exactly. And I just wasn't, I wasn't aware of myself and I wasn't aware for Chris how it was changing us. And I will tell you that like, honestly, I think the, it was a fantastic trip in every way. So I don't mean to denigrate it, but honestly, that the moment where I was like most euphoric was when I sat down on the plane and realized that we had like gotten on the plane and not had to deal with a stroller and not had to be like, you hold him while I put stuff in the overhead. I mean, you've been there for this process. Physically, yes. Um, And it was like, we were both looking at each other like, that was fucking awesome. Like we just sat down on this we plane. We could just get t- take this plane and then take it back. <laughs> oh, I, we literally were both just like so psyched. We had to sit on the tarmac for an hour because the pilot never showed Who up. Who cares? Neither of us cared. I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to read a book. The pilot can come when the pilot wants to come. I did not care. I was so jazzed about it. So like that in and of itself was awesome. But just like remembering what our dynamic could be without camera around was so incredible. And that just doesn't happen on a date night. No. Well, you don't, you don't have enough separation or space. And so I, the day's still with you. Yeah. Yeah. I endorse it so much. Like I, there were certain things that I knew, like Chris and I have, I think I actually will say I have this habit of like communicating with Chris through cam sometimes, which is a terrible habit. What do you mean? Like I'll be like holding, I'll like, it's like a passive aggressive thing where I'll be like, why'd your daddy do that or something? You know what I mean? Like that was an oversimplification of it. Uh, right. But yeah. like, you know, it'll all like send a message through Cam, like while we're all standing there I being like, yeah, I do that with Ash. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and it's like a playful way of being like, 
I guess, I guess your dad decided to like feed you this or whatever it yeah. is. And I was, and I know it's such a bad habit. And there are like certain things like that where I'm like, that'll be good to not be doing that with each other. Yeah. Um, but it it went well beyond that, um, the benefits. So fully endorse. I'm like resolved that we have to do it at least once a year. Obviously, again, speaking from a place of privilege that we could leave camp with my parents, that we could like afford to take the trip and the time off work and all of those things. Um, but was so, so grateful that we were able to do it. Um, can we talk about some logistical? Let's do it. Learnings, issues, findings, <sighs> questions. Yes. Um, okay. So the question that I got a lot of in my DMs was how do I fit in running? Um, mm. And I am sorry that the answer is not a good one. And it is that I wake up really early. So Cam wakes up at 7.30 and I wake up anywhere between like 5 and 6.30, depending on how long I want to run. I think I could get comfortable with anything from the 6 a.m. mark on. You okay. know, that's, yeah. 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 It's the 5 to 6 that yeah. feels a little rough, but, yes. but keep going. So I, so for the first, like, I want to say six months of Cam's life when my milk supply was still really high, when I woke up, I had to, I couldn't just start running because my boobs were so full of milk. And so I had to pump before I ran. So that was a, honestly kind of a nightmare situation. Like I'm getting up, then I'm pumping, then I'm getting dressed, then I'm doing that. And that was a lot. The, I, the bonus I will say is that um, you have a lot of extra milk, um, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But that was a very annoying thing, but I did it because I was like, I want to run every morning and I, I've got to like keep doing this. So my routine is that I get up usually, like 5.30 is pretty typical I go for my run and I'm back by seven, let's say 20. And then I get in the shower and Chris gets cam up. Um, and then it's... You take some time before you leave the house. Oh, yeah. 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 You just gave a two oh, hour sorry. run period. Oh, yeah. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, it's like 530 to six. I'm getting up. And okay. then like, because I, I, my ideal is that I have like an hour long run. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. But that yeah. math. And then you have, you like dick yeah. around on your phone or whatever. Yes, exactly. Okay. Like take a minute to wake up, like get dressed, okay. whatever. And then try to be back by like 7.20, take a shower while I'm showering. Chris is going and getting Cam up, getting him changed. And then he brings him upstairs and I breastfeed him. And then Cam just like hangs out in our room for while we get ready for the day. Um, so that, and that's still more or less my routine, despite the fact I have nowhere to go, just because I hate running. Not getting I ready. I not getting, yeah, yeah. I don't. Or not like starting your day. Exactly. Yeah. Because if I do my run afterwards and I'm waiting for our nanny to show up and she shows up at 8.30. So then it's like, I'm not leaving for my run until nine. And then my day is just getting started so late. Yeah. So I'm still mostly doing that routine. Um, but yeah, I think the answer for me is I've got to get the run in before he wakes up. Um, can we talk about having a nanny? Yes. Um, Paulette. She's so wonderful. She's so wonderful. I feel so insanely, I know I'm talking about privilege and, and a lot on this, but like this is a true privilege to have a nanny and to have a really wonderful nanny. And she is, she was um, someone who was a night nurse for us for several days a week. Yet another incredible privilege when Cam was born and we liked her so much and she liked us so much that she stuck around. Um, she has is very different than me, which I really like. She's really calm. Um, mm -hmm. She's not like a super excitable person, which is great. She's um, very like level and soothing. Yes, and yeah, exactly. Um, and she's my boss. Um, and that is something that I was very comfortable with from the get-go. Cam was in daycare part-time for a while um, before she officially started as our nanny. And everybody was like, are you nervous about it? Like, And I'm like, no, there are four women watching him who have been watching babies so much longer than I have. Like, you've been do you've been at that point doing it for eight weeks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Right. Yeah. No, these people no tell tenure. me what. Yeah. yeah. No, zero tenure. These people tell me what to do. And I feel the same about Paulette. Like, 
you tell me. And now, you know, a year in, I'm starting to have certain opinions, but... Well, and you know your kid and like you have preferences and whatever. But I still very often defer to her. And that's really for two reasons. One... She just has been taking care of kids a lot longer than I have. And she she's an expert in her field, and I am not. Um, and two, I want her to feel ownership. And I really consider her the third parent. And as such, like, think she gets to make certain decisions. And unless it's a decision that I really feel uncomfortable with, and I don't think there has ever been one, I want her to, like, feel that same sense of ownership. And that— And, like, authority. Authority, yes. And that is something that I really took from my work life. And I— all the time think about how grateful I am that I managed a team of people before I had to manage a nanny because I think managing a nanny is a really like delicate specific type of management relationship and I think I learned so much from managing people at work of like what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do when we had a nanny in the house um and so things like she has to feel ownership and authority in order for her to like be good at her job and to feel good about her job like th- that I I knew also and that like I didn't want to sort of micromanage her also I think had I done had I had a nanny in my life 10 years earlier I would have wanted to like talk to her about share everything about my personal life with her and know everything about her personal life yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that is not something I do I like that's been, interesting that is a totally true you totally yeah. would have I would have been, been like, like let's so get into curious it. about yeah. yeah yeah and I think you know and part of this comes from like what she's comfortable with too. Sure. But like I, we, I think we know sort of, uh, you have boundaries. We have boundaries and we know a healthy amount about each other's personal lives. Obviously she knows a lot more about mine. Um, but I, that's one of those things where I'm just like, uh, you are my family, but it's like a specific type of family. Yeah. Um, I'm obsessed with her. I, we couldn't do, you know, any of what we do without her. And our son is, has like benefited so much from her and, yeah, I just feel crazily fortunate to to have had to have like had her come into our lives and be up for it. And um, yeah, I'm learning a lot of about managing in a different way from her. That's um, interesting. And, and learning a lot about myself as a parent too, and like what I'm comfortable with in terms of other people parenting him. Okay, other logistical things. I've become a much better host because we have had to host so many people. We haven't had to. We have wanted to host people at our house because it's just easier to have people in your house than to, to like drag a baby yeah. around in a stroller and all the gear. And I've loved that. I've like really come to relish it. And like, it gives me a lot of satisfaction to have people like make nice memories in our home and to have Cam grow up with people around. And it's been this totally unexpected sort of like project of the last year where I'm like, oh, I didn't make a New Year's resolution to become a better host, but that happened. Like I just learned how to be a host and that was really nice. I still, the number one logistical question, and if people have answers to this, let me know. I don't know how to rinse a kid off after bath time. I don't give Cam his baths. That's Paulette and Chris's job. I don't understand what you're supposed to do when they have soap all over their body, like how you get it off other than to just hold them under the shower, which I don't think is what you're supposed I don't to think do. That's, I, don't you like dump water over them and cover their little baby faces? Yeah, and- but they're sitting in the dirty soapy water. Like how do you get that off? Well, I, don't, I don't understand how adults do it, frankly, either. I, yeah, so, I think that's why baths aren't like the, an- like, the answer. That's, I don't yeah. think baths are how you get this, the squeaky cleanest, but I think the point with Cam is maybe to get him like 90% cleaner. Yeah. No, I so I'm not a big bath person. The logistics of it are beyond me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you want to know how to fit a running routine into being a parent, oh my let gosh. me know. Um, what products a year in are like your gold standard? Love the snoo. Love the snoo. Love the snoo. 
I recommend that people rent it and try it out with their baby because um, it's expensive and maybe not all babies love it, but that really helped us with sleep. That's So it's like a smart sleeper situation. Um, I really love the Baby Bjorn Bouncer, which is this like bouncy chair that is not electronic. It uh, folds up flat. It fits in a garment bag when you're traveling. Um, the Kalugo stroller, I love. Great stroller. You've experienced that. It's a great stroller. Um yeah, those are... Oh, the Charlie Crane Levo Rocker is like a beautiful, mm, beautiful mm-hmm, baby mm-hmm, chair mm-hmm. that I love. Those are my big ones. Um, I was reading recently the other or the other day um, an article on reading my tea leaves from Erin mm-hmm. Boyle. And she was talking about baby products and basically she's unexpectedly, unexpectedly pregnant yeah. with her third child and she had gotten rid of basically all her baby gear. Yeah. Um, and... She was talking about these like buy nothing groups. Have you heard Mm. of these? It's smart. Basically, it's like neighborhood groups. I don't know if they operate on Facebook or on like a separate message board or what, where people like ask for like certain things or like whatever and just like sort of make exchanges Mm -hmm. within their community. And she was saying that she planned on getting a lot of their baby stuff like that way, like by loan, which does make so much sense, especially because some of these things are like. You need them for three weeks oh my gosh, or like two yes. months or like, and someone probably has one sitting in their garage Absolutely. or in their second bedroom or, and they're like actually looking, maybe they're not ready to totally get rid of it, but they're yeah. not using it for the next year. That is absolutely true. That was part of what made it hard to think of what my favorite baby products were because I'm like, all these things have a very limited shelf life, honestly. Yeah. Like you just, you, you, they're really good in the moment and then, and then you you're done move with into them. a new phase. Yeah. 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 What else? Um, I wanted to talk about what has been worse than what mm-hmm. you thought it was going to be, even if it was fleeting, and what has been better. Recovery, physical recovery was worse than I thought. Um, and I, and like mostly in the immediate weeks following, like the pain was just so intense. And I think it's not necessarily that way for everybody, but it just, I had a relatively easy birth. The whole like birth process was a lot smoother than I thought. And then the pain and the weeks afterwards were so intense. And then of course I'm still recovering with like the pelvic floor stuff. Um, and like the weight loss took longer than I wanted. Um, and yeah, I think all of that. And there, there's just, I think various things where you're like, oh, I didn't even realize that that thing was different as a result of having had a kid. And it's taken a long time to sort of get back to well, me. even your hair. Yes, you're, exactly. you're like, my hair. is my hair different now and how yeah. am I dealing with it? Yeah. And I just think in general, like, I, it's just something that I wasn't fully aware of before I had a kid, but just like the the physical sacrifice that women <laughs> submit to as part of having a kid is so long, so enduring and so huge. And part of why I think men should be fully responsible for childcare for the first year, because it's like, no, I just actually gave up my entire body to this process. I'll put my feet up now. Um, anyway, what's been better? Everything. Everything else? Everything else has been, I mean, I really set myself up. I was like, this is going to be so scary and it's going to be terrible. And I was really, I just, I wanted to manage my own expectations. And so many people, I'll never forget like a week before I went, I gave birth, I ran into somebody on the street and she was like, what do you do? And, you know, she's like, that's so exciting. She was like, well, the next couple of months are going to be like really hard and like, that's going to be hell, but then it's going to be like really exciting. And I'm like, well, that's exactly why I imagined that that sort of talk was why I imagined that this was going to be a total disaster. And I feel bad. Like now I try to be careful about talking like that. Like I feel bad even saying like publicly, oh, the trip without my kid was incredible because I don't want to imply to somebody that like your kid is so, it's so hard that you have to get away from them. You know, no, like it's I just, just not, it's yeah. different. Yeah. It's, it, it's a break from like, it's a break. Totally. Yeah. And I just, I try to be like conscious of complaining too much or just making it seem like it's so hard because I 
because I know I I really received a lot of that that and maybe it was for the best then that I because then everything did turn out so much better than I thought. Well, that's lovely. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. If you have ideas for the show or want to advertise, email podcast at claireandericacom 